0: Welcome to helping realtors grow and scale their business with a sprinkle of faith. This podcast is to empower my seasoned realtors to break through barriers, to unlock and unleash their full potential. I'm your host, Vanessa Barnez. Each week I'll share my journey on how I scaled my real estate business, selling hundreds of millions in real estate, all while juggling being a mom and a wife. I know what it's like to feel overlooked and forgotten in an industry that is heavily focused on new realtors. This is why I've tailored this podcast just for you. Do you desire to grow your business to 30 million and beyond, but you're just unsure how to do it? Are you overwhelmed, burnt out, stuck, living paycheck to paycheck and have no time for yourself or family? I've been right where you are. My mission is to provide you with actionable steps, proven strategies, and inspiration to help you grow and scale your real estate business. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hello, my Realtor friends. Welcome to episode 22. I actually feel really good today because I made it to my office. <laughs> this was a goal of mine in January because I have, of course, a home office and then I have an office at my real estate office. And I was like, January, I'm going to go to the office every day. I'm going to drop Jace off at school at 830 and then go right to the office and stay there till I have to pick him up. And of course, that didn't happen because sickness once again took over our whole house. So I don't know if you noticed in the last couple episodes, I was a little like clearing up my throat and a little nasally, if you will. I'm still a little nasally, but it just feels so good to finally be in my office. And I just want that to be a reminder for everybody. You know, I kind of just shut down. I mean, I still did things, but I didn't respond to phone calls right away or I didn't follow up to text messages right away. And guess what happened? People were understanding, (laughs) which is so miraculous because in our brain, we think, Oh my gosh, I'm not available 24-7, 365, and I'm going to lose out on clients and business. And that actually, yes, in some cases that can happen, but most people understand and they're experiencing sickness in their home. So give yourself some grace and just be okay with maybe not responding to people immediately. Okay? But I just want to welcome you to 22. And today I want to talk about making consistent money and making more of it because who doesn't want to make both of those right consistent money that is predictable and making more money and as realtors how do we make money well we've got to get to the closing table but before we get there we need to back up a bit of course because to get to the closing table there are some important things that need to happen before that right such as meeting and talking to people and then following a step-by-step process to nurture each person To establish that no, like, and trust factor, we need to show them value and we need to follow up with them on a consistent basis and then get to the appointment. And I think that we find sometimes that process a little bit challenging, right? Because things show up in our lives, right? We have a fear of failing or a fear of rejection, or maybe we worry about, well, how are we being perceived? Are we too salesy? And, or, Maybe we don't feel like we have anything to offer. We don't know and understand our value and what we bring to the table. And sometimes you might say, well, Vanessa, I don't know what to say, or I don't know who to call. And I find it kind of comes down to these two things when, especially when I teach my new agent boot camp, is that I find that it comes down to, I don't know what to say, and I don't know who to call. And it runs through our brain in a, like a millisecond, and we don't even know exactly what our brain is trying to tell us. So how can you overcome these challenges and more importantly, start making money? And it comes down to that first fundamental. You know, I love my five fundamentals and one of the fundamentals is lead generation. So today I wanna talk about lead generation for realtors. I'm gonna give you some strategies and tips. And I want you to think of this in simple terms because I do feel like lead generation is thrown around a lot in our industry. But I want you to think of it more as talking to and meeting new people. And it's really important that I don't want you to confuse the two between the first fundamental lead gen and the second fundamental lead follow-up because they are two different things completely. I want you to think of lead follow-up as you're nurturing, the people that you've already met, okay? And I'm going to talk about lead follow-up in another episode. But today I'm going to just focus on the lead generation and identifying your lead gen sources. And well, how much time, Vanessa, do I spend on lead generating? What do I say? And what do I do with those people once I connect with them? So let's first talk about how do you identify your lead gen sources? And I wasn't your typical agent starting out. I realized very early on that I had no interest whatsoever in calling strangers. I did not want to be calling expired in FISBOs, although I was handed lists constantly. I was like, I am not interested in growing my business that way. I, I'm an introvert by nature. I've learned to come out of my shell a lot because now I'm speaking on national stages and things like that. But I don't want to talk to strangers to lead generate. That wasn't my thing. And I did not like open houses. So I knew that early on, I'd have to employ some, you know, alternative strategies, because ultimately, I need to talk to people and meet people to get to my closing table, right? To get to the closing table, right? And the great news is, is that I've closed over $375 million in real estate by never cold calling. Not one person came from a cold call. And so how did I do that? Many people ask, well, how did you generate leads, right? Well, I did it utilizing my husband's businesses. He's multi-talented. And I think you've heard me talk about him, but he's a chiropractor. He's also a musician and he's also a realtor and he's a great connector. Like people just naturally want to talk to him. So he has this charisma, love you, babe, and about himself where people just, he just talks about real estate and they don't even know they're being sold to, right? Because he's not a salesy person either, but he just naturally talks to people and people want to do business with us. And by doing so, by leveraging his business, by leveraging people I already knew in the industry, you know, I was able to basically create a rinse and repeat referral business from past clients. So now I have a database that I just basically call up when I need to generate business. And it's so wonderful because I've spent many years, obviously, to develop that no like, and trust factor. And I was very strategic about it. So, but what you need to realize is over time, I want you to identify three lead gen sources where you're going to focus your time, energy, and money on. Now, ideally, I don't want you spending money on lead generation because you're making someone else wealthy. You're not making yourself. And it actually bothers me that I hear so many top producing agents that don't have a strategy around their database. And that is something that I'm really passionate about. I spoke actually at NAR about, and that's kind of the follow-up component to your lead ge- to your fundamentals, right? Which I'm not going to talk about today, but I just want to make mention your database can yield you so much money. And I just don't want that to be overlooked. But let's say you're a newer agent and you're listening to this right now, you're going to have to take some time to kind of figure out what your legion strategies are. Um, But it's important to also realize that this is not going to happen overnight. You're not going to say, I'm going to do one open house, and you're going to get your whole business from it right? Things take time to build and develop. So if that's, say, your strategy, then you're going to need to create some consistency around that. So I actually did some research because I was curious myself. I mean, of course, I have my statistics and what you see online, but I really wanted to see what data I could find out there on how long different legion strategies take, like to yield results. And I wasn't able to really find a consistent data if you have it please message me because i would love to look into that more but i just wasn't able to find anything that i was really looking for to bring you guys on this episode Um, but so i wanted my idea was okay well how many open houses do you have to do before you create a business out of it right because i didn't do open houses so i was curious what that looked like but i think what i realized was when i go back to my foundational pillars my essential pillars that i talked about in episode 21 I think the the key here is consistency. So if you wanna do an open house as a lead gen strategy, you have to do it consistent. You can't do one or two open houses and oh, it didn't work. You can't do that, right? You have to be consistent at it. And I can tell you from experience launching this business and using the strategies I talked about or those pillars I talked about in episode 21, it didn't happen overnight, right? you know, doing this podcast and created a strategy and seeing the results come from it takes time. I mean, I've been doing this for six months now and I'm finally seeing how the consistency is showing up and how it's evolving in a monetization perspective. So I just want to make it very clear that I didn't really find anything like it takes you six months or nine months or a year. I just think consistency and showing up is key. Now if you're a season agent listening right now and I've mentioned this I think on several episodes, I want you to use your existing data you already have and find out where your closings have come from over the last five years. So hopefully you're tracking this in some way. But what I want you to do is I want you to pull out your sales from at least the last five years and write out where every single closing came from. Because what this is going to show you, hopefully you start seeing a pattern, right, in where your closings came from. And then this is where you know you need to focus your time and attention to. So, And hopefully, over time, those strategies are not coming from paid sources. I won't mention the company's names. You all know who they are. But my goal eventually is to where you get to a point where you're not having to pay for any lead gen sources. I pay $0 for any lead gen, right? Now, I do have systems in place where I pour into my clients my inner circle. Maybe I'll bring you an episode on that. But, um, you know, I do have systems in place that cost me money, but it's basically redirected back to my clients. So whether I'm doing a client event, I'd rather pay money for a client event and pour into my clients and have them benefit from it than pay a company to benefit from my money, right? So you need to look at it from that perspective. But again, I want you to figure out what those lead gen sources are so you can strategically plan for the future. You know, I'm very big on goals and setting a plan in place, having these identified will help you with that plan. Now, if you are still struggling and you're like, Vanessa, I don't know what my lead gen sources are, or you're still trying to find maybe one to to fill in that gap, in the show notes, I'm going to provide you the link for my 59 lead gen strategies to use as a resource to help you refine what those lead generation strategies might look like for you. Now, Here's a quick tip and something I've personally done to generate business. So let's say you don't have a database, right? Again, I would highly encourage you to have one, but let's say you don't have any system in place for a database, go to your phone and start calling everybody whose anxiety level just went up. So I want you to pull out your phone because People in your phone, you obviously have in your phone for a reason, right? Hopefully it's not all your fizzbos and expireds, and you're just downloading, listen to your phone. I don't even know if that's a thing, but people in your phone obviously have a connection to you. So if you're saying to me, I have no business, why are you not calling people in your phone right now? All right. So I'm just going to give you that quick tip because that's something that I've used in the past because again, you have a relationship with them. They're obviously in your phone for, for that purpose. Okay. Now I want to talk about how much time do I spend? on these lead gen? Like how much time do I spend on this fundamental? Now, if you listen to any of my podcasts, you you know that your fundamentals, after you pro- prioritize your life bucket, right? Listen to my Mastering Your Schedule where I talk about the life and work bucket. After you've prioritized that, the first thing that gets prioritized on the work side are your five fundamentals. And this includes your lead generation. Now you'll find various answers to how much time to dedicate to lead gen. So I'm gonna give you some suggestions and then I'm gonna share what's worked for me. And the most important thing is, again, this is why you have a goal. You need to have a goal identified and a plan out for that goal so you understand how much time actually needs to be spent to lead generation. Because if you're looking to increase your goal, you're obviously gonna need to dedicate more time to this fundamental. So should it be one hour, two hours, three hours, Now, of course, that's an option where you can block a certain number of hours a day, right? But what's worked best for me, and of course, when I talk to my clients, they understand that there's different ways to look at this. Some of them, and me in particular, this is how my brain works, is I want to know how many connections I'm making a day, meaning how many two-way conversations am I having for this fundamental of lead generation, and when I look at my calendar, cause I'm a paper person, I would write out the people that I needed to call or the legion strategy I was gonna use that day. So let's say you're doing an open house. I wanna connect with this many people today. And then you check off how many people you've connected with. And let's say you put five as as an example and you've only done three. Well, guess what happens to the next day? You better roll that two over to the next day because now you have seven. Does that make sense? You don't get a pass. If you're really wanting to be disciplined and consistent here, you don't get a pass. You have to move that over to the next day, right? So you can set a goal of one person, two, five, 10. Ideally, I'd like to see 10 connections a day. That's lead generation. We're not talking about follow-up. That's a whole different conversation. So we're just talking about lead gen. So 10 new connections one new connection, five new connections, whatever it is, and you put it on your calendar and you check it off as you complete that task. So again, you can look at it two ways. You can either have an hour or two blocked. To me, that left me very open-ended. I realized very early on that having an hour or two blocked, I would find myself scrolling social media or obsessively checking emails. Whereas if I had a number of people I needed to make contacts with, that was very measurable for me. I could measure the number of contacts I wanted to make and I was able to check them off. So I hope that makes sense. Again, there's no right or wrong here. I think you need to find out what works best for you and your brain because everyone's brain is different, right? And there's probably a third way I haven't thought about, which I'm sure is out there, but I find these are the two ways that people do it. So I hope that helps you understand how much time you should dedicate to your lead generation. All right, so now you have your plan to attack your lead generation every day. You've identified your lead gen sources, but now people get stuck on, well, what do I say? Okay, bottom line, here you go. To sell homes, you've got to talk to people. (laughs) So real estate is, after all, a relationship business. Now, I'm going to share with you some conversations that I've used over my career. And now these are not scripts for specific scenarios, like you can go online and find, all kinds of YouTube videos on how do I talk at an open house or what do I say to a Fisbo and expired I'm not going to get into those specific conversations today. I'm just going to kind of give you conversation starters if you will and I've, you've probably have heard me if you listen to all my podcasts, which I know there's several of you out there that have done that you'll these will sound familiar but I'm going to reiterate them again because these are conversations that have worked for me and my clients. Again, I'm not saying that this is the end-all be-all of conversations. I'm just saying I'm sharing you with you strategies that have worked for me in my business, okay? So I like to focus on wealth building through real estate because I don't think, I think a lot of us, and I did this early on, I was very guilty. I was very short-sighted. If a client called me and said, I want to upsize, I would immediately like, oh, I get a list and a buy, right? Right. Whereas now, after I've been in the business for as long as I have, it's, well, let's talk about a strategy here, Mr. or Mrs. Seller. What would this look like if you could rent your home and buy something else? Is that a possibility? Well, let's get on the call with a lender and see if you can keep your home, right? So making sure that we're thinking about the client and being client-centered is very important. Again, I admit it. I did not do this early on, hindsight. I wish I would have had these conversations much earlier with my clients because I could have helped them build wealth through real estate. So I just want to encourage you to think bigger for your client and not your pocketbook. Okay? So here are some starters that I have. So for example, you could say, did you know you can build wealth through real estate and I can show you how? Let's have coffee on Friday. Remember, don't leave it open-ended. Give them, for all of these, I want you to insert two dates and times that work for your schedule, like nailing down the client. Don't leave it open-ended because they'll never get back to you on a time, okay? Um, What about this? Real estate holds the key to building wealth. Let's meet and I can show you how, okay? Again, you're gonna insert the time and the dates. Did you know the net worth of a homeowner is 40 times greater than that of a renter? As a renter, you're making someone else wealthy. Let's set up a time to chat. I've got Friday or Saturday at 10 or two, right? Or like this, do you have a plan to build wealth? No, this is what I help my clients with. Let's meet. And then you insert that, right? Just remember, don't let them pick a time and a date. You provide them two options. Of course, you'll make accommodations for people. The point here is, is get them to talk to you about scheduling a date and time. Otherwise they never will, okay? Now, here are some additional conversations if maybe you have someone who feels unsettled by the current market, because as of the recording of this episode, we're kind of in that shift period, right? So you could say something like, I hear your concerns and many of my clients feel that way, feel that you want them to understand you have empathy. But I would love to share with you why buying, even in our current market, is the smartest choice. Let's meet and I can share that strategy with you. And then, of course, insert reasons why in your area, why it's a good time for them to consider selling or leveraging that property as a rental and buying something else. You could ask, well, what questions do you have about our current market that I can answer for you? This was really important. This actually came up with a client from up north, and they were hearing from their friends that have no understanding of our market here in Florida that Florida was going downhill. And I'm like, that is absolutely not true. Prices are going up. And People are flocking here. We have a net surplus of people coming in. So it's really important to get in front of conversations that aren't true. Or you could say, what have you heard about our current market and what is happening, right? That's another way to put it. So what if you have a seller that is concerned about selling because of the higher interest rates, right? That's also a scenario. So I'm meeting with a lot of sellers like you, and they, they also have concerns about selling now due to the higher interest rates especially if they want to upsize or downsize. And I'm curious, have you considered keeping your home as an investment property to begin your wealth building portfolio? I recall that you said you had a lower interest rate and I could probably rent your home for X dollars a month. So I would love to treat you for coffee this week so you can see what this would look like. How about Friday or Saturday? That's another strategy to use. So, and then there's also some ways that you can extract information. This is a great one have just listen, we got two ears for a reason. You could just say, tell me more about that. What's important to you about that? How how will selling or buying make an impact on you or your family? If you decide to wait, what are you waiting to happen? So there are so many ways to strike up conversations. The point is, please don't overthink it, right? In a shifting market, in an uncertain market, Your current and future clients are depending on you now more than ever. You are their trusted advisor. You are the expert. And they're counting on you to guide them and put their minds at ease. So as we wrap up a few things here, I really hope that these conversation starters were helpful for you. But there's just a few things I want you to keep in mind as I wrap up the episode for today. Please be authentic and add your personal touch. It's very important that your messaging and delivery sound like you. You don't wanna say something that grabs their attention and then they start working with you and they you act completely different than the conversation starter, okay? So just make sure it's authentic and you add your personal touch. And say only what feels good and fits with your brand and your audience. You know that script or that conversation that everybody has? Who do you know that wants to buy, sell, or invest in real estate? Some people can get away with it, right? For me, it's never anything I've said to my clients, nor would my clients appreciate if I said that to them. I much rather have the wealth-building conversation with my clients, okay? So just make sure it feels good and it fits with your audience. I want you to prioritize value and contribution. This is what served me and has been the backbone of my business for 22 years. But this is also who I am. The times when I put the sale before the client... It has always backfired and I always feel awful in the end. So just be mindful to prioritize your value and contribution first. I want you to ask yourself, how can I help my client versus you thinking, how can I get a sale from my client? Very, two very different things, right? The client is going to sense that you have an ulterior motive 100% of the time. So just be careful and be mindful, Put the client at the front and the center. And number four, make sure you always have a call to action. Ask for the business. Don't be afraid to ask for the business and collect their information, their name, phone, email, and mailing address, because by doing so, this is going to help you with your second fundamental of lead follow-up, which is a perfect segue because getting that information is very vital. When you meet people and collect their information, you immediately can put them into your database. Okay? And quick FYI, I know I gave you a little pointer about calling people on your phone. Those people on your phone need to be in your database. Your phone is not your database. (laughs) The database, think of the database as like your hub. This is where your clients are stored and then you can create notes and systematically follow up with them. Your database is your bank. This is where your money is stored. Think about it that way. Well, I really hope that today You got some good takeaways and you can immediately apply apply this and take action in your business. Because if you desire to make money, you may need to close more homes. There's no other way to do it in the real estate, right? Which in turn means you need to talk and meet new people every day. It's really simple, but our brains unfortunately get in the way of that, right? I want to thank you so much for tuning in and spending time with me. Again, I, tell, I say this on every episode because this is truly the case. I love that I get to fulfill my mission and live out my purpose every day and impact you, my listeners, and as many realtors as possible. If you can take 60 seconds, please leave me a rating and review. I would greatly appreciate it. But I want to leave you with this. Are you struggling with life, work, your thoughts, not growing? Because I've got you. Remember, I've got my six-week coaching program designed just for you. No topic is off limits. If you're ready to level up your business and create the life you desire, make sure you join now. Until next time, remember you are worthy of a purposeful, joyful, and abundant life. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of Helping Realtors Grow and Scale Their Business with a Sprinkle of Faith. You can find any resources referenced in the show notes. Want to learn more about me and my work? You can follow me on Instagram at VanessaFransVarnez. But if you are ready now to unlock and unleash your full potential, click on the link in the show notes to join my one-on-one coaching program. See you next week.